I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Let me just pull up the NFL.com shit from the game so I have it in front of me and then I'll be good to go. Um, Yeah, that's a good idea. I should do that too. I'm going to use ESPN box score. That's what I'm going to do, too. I like ESPN's box score better. Me, too. You're a nerd, Brian. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. <laughs> Using the NFL.com box score. Yeah. From one one nerd to another. Welcome to the Keep Sounding Podcast. This Why is does Brian break. get this started every time? I don't really know. This is I think he just kind of just started, just kind of was the host when we signed this up. And that's yeah. just kind of I mean, how it's I, been. I, I don't ever get to start it. I started it once because we did the one show where Brian wasn't here. Yeah. All right, Brad, go ahead and start it then. I don't want to start it. You start it. Oh, my God. Well, I already half started it. It's already half cocked and ready to go. Um, this is your preseason. Well, I was week. just saying, I, I was just wondering why I don't ever get to do it. I wasn't saying I I wanted to. I was just asking. So we're doing this again? This is this is our thing now? <laughs> we're going back to the to the early days of the fourth and short podcast? Just going to interrupt every time I try and get us on track? I can't do it every time. I can't do it every time because then you just, you know, it's coming and then it's not as fun. Yeah. Great. So I just get to be paranoid every time I start the podcast. Wonderful. Yes. That's All right. The best. That's that's a good thing. Okay. Well, uh, th- yeah, this is week two edition of the fourth and short podcast. It's keep Panthers. sounding now. <laughs> Remember that time when we Do you have me all out like, of sorts now, you sons <laughs> like of a year ago. <laughs> this is your week two edition of the keep sounding podcast. I am joined by Brad and John, who are fucking dickbags. Um, so, yeah, the Panthers played a preseason game. We'll talk about that a little bit before we get into the happenings over the last week or so. Um, Panthers won 23-13. None of their starters really played, aside from Greg Little and Brian Burns. So, rookies got some time to shine. I'll let uh, John start us off. What... Give us some of your uh, takeaways from the game. Since I know Curtis Samuel didn't play, so you're ultimately happy about not having to talk about him right now. I don't. I just he didn't play, and that took away all my reason to watch the game. I just didn't watch it. No, really? I like. No, I watched. It. No, I did watch it. <laughs> um, I like Brian Burns coming out and immediately making an impact. I think that was the ninety percent of what I'm taking away from that game. 
It's just that Brian Burns has talent. Yeah, I mean he he beat up on twos and threes basically, but he he made. I don't care. I don't, I don't care. It, I was agreeing with you. Beat beat who's in front of you. Exactly. Was, I was agreeing with you. He uh he he made an immediate impact in his first NFL preseason game, which is not always the norm with rookies. So it's definitely a good thing. Um, he did well. Marquise Haynes did well. Uh. Brad, anything that you took away from that game in particular that you want to talk about? I liked seeing Marquise Haynes in the 3-4 over the 4-3. I think we've found a way to make him a not just a decent player, but actually a good player. Uh, I know he was playing against mostly backups, but like John just said, you beat the guy in front of you, and he did that all night long. I mean, he he had two sacks, two quarterback hits. Um, couple of pressures. I mean, he looked really good. And hopefully it's the start of something and not just a a one-time fluke because we need as much production from the front seven as we can possibly get. Yeah, I think there's always the caveat with this that all of these performances, um, we are fully aware that they could absolutely mean nothing once games start to count. Yeah, yeah, on in week 1 against the Rams, he could disappear and not even make a tackle. Like it's just as possible that that happens as it is that he turns into the next Reggie White. I mean, you know, it's it it might not mean anything, but I was encouraged by what I saw, you know, against against the Bears. Same. It was the it was the only time I've ever noticed Marquise Haynes on film from when he was yeah. drafted to now. Like and uh, and he made a big impact too. Like the first, first, uh, I want to say first two drives, he had like two tackles for a loss, and he forced he drew a holding penalty uh, against the Bears. And I I don't remember even like acknowledging Marquise Haynes on film at all in the first four preseason games of 2018 and the regular season when he did play. So yeah, I agree, Brad. I think that uh, the three four was exactly what he was made for, and uh that luxury pick in the fifth round that where he could work in situations that are different from what you normally run might pay dividends for this Panthers defense since they are making a huge switch now. So, I mean, it's not, it's a good thing that he matched Brian Burns in his production. He played a bit more, but it's still good. And it's again, more than we've seen from him ever before. So part of me, part of me wonders if the, coaching staff was anticipating switching defenses going into last year and they were just like this is a two-year process but we'll go ahead and get out in front of this with Haynes I think so uh you know I, I'm kind of hesitant to give them that much credit for anything Me too. <laughs> but uh it does look like it you know because the four three ends that we had last year were like Julius Peppers who we knew was gonna retire mm-hmm. or at the very least was not gonna play in Carolina this year and, you know, guys like Wes Horton um, and Effie Obata, you know, we didn't exactly have, you know, shut down four, three defensive ends. So I do think that, that I, I kind of think Ron has wanted to do this ever since he's been here, because that's the kind of defense he ran in San Diego. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're just now able to actually do it. Yeah. And it's, it felt, it's felt like the entire time, he's been here there's always been this whole like 
oh, they're gonna do more three four looks. Like we've been doing, we've been talking about that for like eight years now. Yeah, and they just never yeah. had the personnel to do it. Yeah. Um, Ron really introduced a lot more wrinkles last year. Um, towards the end of the season when he took over, there were a lot more weird blitzes and exotic blitz packages and just generally different alignments from his strict four, three defense he was running for a long time. So yeah, I think you're right. Like this was something where they thought it was a long time coming. And uh, this is the year they really drove all the way into it. So it's about time. I feel like a three, four, three, four, it makes more sense against today's offenses. I mean, the, yeah, Patriots I have been run- the Patriots have been running a multiple defense for a long time. Like if they don't strictly adhere to one or the other. So seems like NFL defenses should, you know, catch up soon, maybe. Um, <laughs> ascribe to the theory that if the Patriots do it, you should probably be doing it. Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, they're only the the most successful franchise over like a 13, 15 year span in <laughs> NFL history. Like so. American sports history, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, uh, John, like you've said numerous times, they're not that smart. Like Bill Belichick isn't very smart. He's just the smartest guy in the NFL. And, you know, it's not saying a whole lot because everybody mm-hmm. else is dumb. Yeah. He does a lot of the stuff that people on the Internet have been saying for a long time. Yeah. He just he does common sense things like they can't stop the run. So we're going to run the ball more. They are susceptible to the spread offense and quick passes. So, hey, we're going to do that. You know, it's common sense stuff that everybody else is too stubborn to do. Correct. And so more teams should do what Bill Belichick would do, which is just attack the other team's weakness. It's a crazy notion. Brian, did you share your thoughts on what stood out to you in this in the first game? No, I mean, he didn't. Were, he asked us for our thoughts and he didn't give his. They were That's... they were I was gonna agree with that, but uh what stood out to me other than those things was the fact that Cameron Artis Payne played pretty well given like an opportunity to like, you know, do more than just run the ball up the middle <laughs> all the time. I mean he only uh, I think he had the beginning that were like, oh, Cameron R. Spain's playing well, and he didn't really do anything the rest of the game. Cameron well, R. Spain had five carries for eight yards and two receptions for 30 yards. That was kind of what I was getting at was the yeah. receptions. Yeah. And, you know, we should probably point out that the offensive line was terrible at run blocking. Yeah. Like nobody awful. did well running the ball. Yeah, 3.8 yards per carry and – uh, most of the yards came on a Will Greer scramble. Yes, yep. Will Greer had 20 yards on one scramble. And that's, you know, that's, over 20% of the yards we had. Yeah, that's 20% of the yards. So <laughs> that should tell you how how well the offensive line was. Yeah, it was bad. It was not good. But, but on the bright side, none of the starters played. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, Greg Little played for a little bit, but he's not even considered the starter at left tackle yet. So he appeared decent in pass protection, but looked not so good in run blocking. And uh, Tyler Larson also looked really bad in the beginning of the game that I saw. So, you know, Greg Little, Greg Little being better at pass blocking is more important than him being a better at run blocking in my opinion anyway. So, yeah, that is true. Um, I will say I was pretty impressed with, uh, 
Kyle Allen and Will Greer. Um, I think the whole, I think the Kyle Allen truthers are going to say that uh, <laughs> he played better than Will Greer. But they will absolutely say that, yes. He also got to play with the twos and threes and not the fours and fives like Will Greer did. So I also, I also thought Will Greer played, um, nervously like he he was his first, he, yeah his first two series weren't very good but then after that he he played okay yeah and it was just the whole the whole time it was like and i said it in our slack chat he just looked like he was pressing like every throw was a little too hot or a little too far ahead of the receiver everything was just like a little bit off where it didn't look like he didn't know what he was doing it was just it looked like he was trying too hard to you know aim the ball instead of just letting it fly Yeah, and it can take some time with with uh, rookie quarterbacks, especially yeah. ones that you're not expecting to come in and start. And I know there are people out there who think that Will Greer is going to take Cam Newton's job this year, which you're wrong. Shut the fuck up. Um, wow. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so, yeah, I mean, overall, I was not too terribly, I don't know, disappointed in the Panthers' twos and threes. And, I mean... Beyond that, it's just people who are trying to, you know, make the most of the opportunity they have being on an NFL field, playing against NFL talent. Yeah, it's hard to say a lot about the preseason games because, like we said, it's just none of it really matters. Even though, like, if they're playing against ones or twos, they're not game planning for the opposition. They're not. Yeah, they're just their running best... like straight. Mm-hmm. Just Ron's just putting the three four front out there with you know, three front linemen and four linebackers and that's it. Like there's no, mm-hmm. no stunts, no twists, no weird over under all this other crap. It's just straight up vanilla ice cream football on both sides. Yeah. So you just, can't, like we've said, you can't really get anything out of this. It's, and like I said last week, Ron already knows 50 of the 53 players that are going to make the team. So you've got, you know, 40 guys competing for three roster spots. And that's the only thing that matters in these next three games. Yeah. I'm, I hope the starters like continue to play less than is typical, like the, the traditional amount of, uh, you know, preseason play for starters. Yeah. Cam should not see the field until the third game and he should only play probably one quarter in it. And then that's all, that's all he should do in the preseason. Um, we're practicing against the bills yet today and well, yesterday and today by the time this gets published. Um, so he will have played against some competition in practice. So he doesn't need to play against the bills on Friday. So that leaves the Patriots game because we know he's not going to play against Pittsburgh. That there's no way they're going to put him out there in the fourth preseason <laughs> game. Um, so you know we should see more of. If Ron keeps to his word, then Will Greer will start because Kyle Allen started last week, and he said that he wants to give everybody an equal opportunity to try to be the number two quarterback. So you know, hopefully he does that. Agreed. Yeah. I do want to see Will Greer with the starters, especially because for the second preseason game, we'll probably at least see like DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel and all them for a little bit. Yeah, Christian McCaffrey will probably play for a drive. You know, Moore, Samuel, Greg Olson, guys like that. We should see some some action, but not a lot. Yeah, 
I hope Luke Greg Olson probably absolutely play. should not play though. <laughs> I don't think Greg Olson should either. Last thing we need is that that foot to to give out in a preseason game. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, I mean, like, <clears throat> there's really yeah, exactly. There's no reason for Ray Olson to play when they have Ian Thomas and uh, Chris Manhurts high priority free agent signing that they had this this past off season high high priority free agent <laughs> re-signing. So. No reason to trot Greg Olson out there. No reason to trot Luke Keekley out there. Um, I'd like Ian to Thomas see a little might bit. not play because he hurt his ribs against the Bears. Yeah, it didn't seem that much of a big deal, though. I am a little worried so about it, Brian Burns. Um, yeah, yeah, he had, he hurt his ankle yesterday. Yeah, he hurt his ankle and uh, he sat out the second half of practice. And Ron Rivera always tends to be coy, but that's one of those injuries where it can really nag somebody. So like. I'd almost want him to like, you know, not play in the second preseason game if it's if it's anything more than like uh my ankle hurts for a couple of days. Yeah. I'm not concerned just because it, like we saw in the preseason game, it was like if you left with any sort of injury, you were to shut down for the day. Like clearly the coaching staff is prioritizing as they should prioritizing uh health over everything over the preseason. Well, it's funny, like most NFL teams who are really trying hard in the uh, preseason and like trotting out a lot of starters don't tend to be good in the regular season. I don't know if you guys have ever noticed that correlation, <laughs> but I think what people, what the NFL doesn't kind of, uh, I guess you could call it credit for enough, is how much of uh, luck plays a factor in who's good and who's bad. And a big part of that is the teams that stay healthy. Yeah, the, the teams. It's a huge like, thing. Like I remember when the Falcons and the Patriots played in the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. It was like these are the only two teams who have started the same offensive line all season. Like that's how, it's, how did that Super Bowl go? I I can't even remember. I just remember the Falcons had a really big lead. They had a twenty five point lead, didn't they? Yeah, and it was late in the third quarter. So. Oh okay. So they must have won. They, I can't imagine it going any way differently. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> they have running backs who know how to pass block, so you'd think that they would have won, but I don't know. For, sh- for sure. Um, Before we like really dive into the stuff going on with training camp, um, offensively, just looking at anything left over from that preseason game, uh, Elijah Holyfield played somewhat good after his first fumble. <laughs> Um, uh, I think Brad should share about the uh, his take on Elijah Holyfield over the course of the game and how Elijah Holyfield messed up his uh, his article. Oh yeah. <laughs> so you know he fumbles, he fumbles like the first or second time he touches the ball, and I'm like, okay, well he's going to be a loser because there's no way that he's going to Ron's not going to put him back out there because he fumbled, and. So I already had him marked down as a loser. And then the bastard comes out and he rushes for just 26 yards on nine carries again, because nobody could get any, any ground because the offensive line was terrible, but he got two touchdowns. He got a receiving touchdown and a rushing touchdown. And then the Mick Mixon and uh, Mike Rucker decided to make him the player of the game. So <laughs> I had to rewrite my column and change him from a loser to a winner uh, just because Ron did something that he's never done in the history of, 
of his tenure as Carolina head coach and and put somebody back in the game after they fumbled. Yeah, and it was even like even if he played well and he had like the receiving touchdown, it's still like you're trying to make a roster, you can't fumble the ball even if you do score a preseason touchdown. But then he yeah. came out and scored that second one and it's like okay, now it's kind of hard to call him a loser when he scored the majority yeah, of the you, points yeah, in the game. Yeah, you can't you can't call a guy a loser when he scores two touchdowns. I mean, yeah. it's just you can't do it. <laughs> yeah, and then, I mean, like you the broadcast also calls him player of the game, which is, by the way, a horrible nominee for player of the ga- game. Absolutely. It was the worst. Marquise Haynes or Brian Burns should have been player of the game. Yeah. But like, he had the knockout blow. Well, Marquise Haynes and Brian Burns because they didn't let the Bears score. I mean, arguably, yeah. defense is just as important as offense. I mean, yeah, it was yeah like, I mean it's, that second touchdown it completely changed the entire course of my my evening. <laughs> the thing also like Brian Burns is the team's first round pick. Like the fans should, you know, you're the you're the team local broadcast. Like get the fans excited about their first round pick. Call him yeah. player of the game, even if he didn't get two sacks. Like even if he wasn't deserving. Like he did a thing, so that should just like automatically make him front runner for player of the game. Yeah, Just don't hype, hype up train some UDFA who's going to get beat out by Cameron Artis Payne for a roster spot. <laughs> I mean, you know. He's um, already getting hyped up before that, so now they're just I yeah. Reggie Bonifon has some competition for most overrated and overhyped player on the team, um, which we got to talk about Reggie Bonifon because you know four carries for twenty three yards. He had outside of Will Greer who only had one rush for the 20 yards on a scramble. Bonifon had the highest yards per carry at 5.8. He had a 17-yard run. And then he had, let's see, four catches for 30 yards. Um, and he had a the longest reception he had was 13 yards. And everybody says how versatile he is, how great he is. Oh, look at what he did, four catches for 30 yards. And people are conveniently leaving out that that 13-yard gain should have been a 65-yard touchdown. And it wasn't because he doesn't know how to stay in bounds. It's okay. He's got to keep this he's got to keep a secret, you know. Yeah, he's got so to you can't, he's got to remain an open secret apparently because it was the funniest thing too. It wasn't like the ball was thrown on the sideline and he had to tiptoe and stay in bounds and just managed to not be able to retain his balance or anything. He just ran out of bounds. Like you know, he could have cut one way and probably gained 50 yards, if not scored a touchdown, but he went out of bounds. And that that's the kind of stuff that gets you on the practice squad and never on the 53-man roster. Little things like that. Those little things are kind of like good reminders of how good NFL players are because you kind of – you never see that stuff on yeah. – on NFL Sundays, and so you kind of forget that it's a thing that most people would do, where it's just little things like staying in bounds against a little bit of pressure, or you know, just like knowing where you are on the field, and little things that I think people kind of overlook, but they make a big difference. Yeah, they and do. You see, it, you see a lot more in the preseason with you know fringe guys where they make little mistakes like that that you never see on like in the real games. Yeah, and I'm I. I hate on Bonifon a lot more than I probably mm-hmm. should. I mean, he's not, he's not bad. He's decent. He's just overhyped because that's what Panthers fans do. And that's what all fans of all teams do. Every, every team has a Reggie Bonifon on it. Um, and, but the thing is, 
is he's he's competing with Jordan Scarlett for a roster spot to me. And Elijah Holyfield is competing with Cameron Otis Payne because Ron Rivera likes having a quote unquote bruiser, Jonathan Stewart type running back for third and short that he will never use. And <laughs> he likes to have a pass catcher, versatile Christian McCaffrey type as another backup to Christian McCaffrey that he will never use. So you're looking at Christian McCaffrey and then either Cameron Artis Payne or Elijah Holyfield is going to fill that role plus Alex Arma. So they'll have two bruisers and two versatile backs. So it's either going to be Reggie Bonifan or Jordan Scarlett and they drafted Jordan Scarlett. So I don't think that they're going to just cut bait with Jordan Scarlett, even though we haven't seen him yet. I just, it's going to be hard for Bonifan to make the team because I don't think they're going to keep four running backs plus Alex Arma. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. By the way, that's something I did want to talk about. I really liked seeing them use Alex Arma as a running back. Yes, I did too. And I hope that wasn't just because it was a preseason game against the bears and they didn't have anybody else to, to do it. Like, yeah, I hope, I hope they're that... actually going to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But not a lot, obviously, cause he's not as good as Christian McCaffrey, but just like, I wouldn't mind seeing him as a, you know, as, as playing like the backup running back role, just yeah. cause he's, he's shown some good, you know, he's had moments he's had that, where it'd be nice to have him just stay on the field as opposed to, Shifting out all sorts of different players. He's also yeah, I wouldn't mind dude. seeing him. I wouldn't mind seeing him get some carries as the running back on like first and five. Like if we catch the defense offsides or something. Yeah, you know where it doesn't matter if he only gets two yards because then it's second and three. So it's like we got seven. Um, I, I wouldn't mind seeing him use sparingly like that. I'm, I'm with you. I hope they let him let him carry more. Just and it's just a change of pace. Just and then to change Jordan, your pace, yeah. And Jordan Scarlett should be back uh, from as far as I can tell next week, right? Or this coming Yeah, week. he's been practicing this week, so he'll probably play uh, on Friday night. Yeah, we'll get our first good look at him. So that'll be a good thing to watch. But yeah, Arma is a player who has a lot of different talents. I mean, like, he can catch the ball. He's a good short yardage running back, like, and he can block as a fullback. It's like, you know, he has some value pretty much anywhere you can be as a yeah. running back. So. And he's also a veteran, so he's pretty much going to make the team. Right? <clears throat> and he you can know. also put people in arm bars and break their arms. But Yes, exactly. Yeah. He doubles <clears throat> as security. 
Um, yes. But, you know, going back to, to Bonifon versus uh, Scarlet, I just don't think they're going to keep both because to do that, we would have to have only five wide receivers. And I don't think that's going to be possible now because of what we saw from Terry Godwin and also from what we saw out of Andre Levrone. I think he played very well, too. And he's going to be one of those that could make the the coaching staff think, do we really need Torrey Smith? Do we really need Chris? Do we really need Jarius Wright? Um, You know, I don't – it very much well could just have been a fluke first preseason game, but he looked pretty good. And Terry Godwin looked like an NFL caliber starting punt returner. I was impressed by the punt returner. Go ahead, Brian. I will give you Terry Godwin. But I mean, like Smith, Wright, Hogan—they didn't play. Yeah, and and LeBron, <laughs> took their spot. So that's how it goes. This is preseason, goes. man. Uh, preseason, man. Uh, <laughs> like we've said all show, I the preseason like... is the place where guys lose their jobs. It's very important. That's true. I forgot. Real talk. I, I do think LeBron should be on the practice squad. Like I should. I think he should be that guy that. They because they'll most probably Frazier. keep at least one wide receiver. Yeah, the most Frazier role. I think that should be him. I'll agree with that. Yeah, that seems where he's, he that. seems to be destined for that. It still seems like it's gonna be like, you know, Samuel Moore, Wright, Smith, Hogan, and then Yeah, we're we're looking you know. at a competition for one receiver. And Godwin being a punt returner and having as good of a day as he did doing that, he gave himself the 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 lead in that race. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I mean he like re- he returned a punt for fifty-seven yards, and we only had ten men on the field. We only had ten men on the I field. Think he, we only had ten men on the field did. for that play. Yep. Rivera well, said uh, after the game, I think it was today or yesterday that he said it. Um that they thought they had 12. So they pulled a guy off and they nah. missed. I don't know how you miscount, but they miscounted and they ended up only having 10. <laughs> oh boy. I mean, he also pointed out that the, the, the 11th guy was on the other side of the field from the play, but it doesn't matter. Terry Godwin returned a punt 57 <laughs> yards with 10 guys on the field. Instead why, of why, why I got to say that last part, Ron, where it's like, it ultimately didn't matter because the play went away yeah. from that just you know let the legend grow on its own yeah exactly yeah i think it'll ultimately be easier to make the roster as a sixth receiver as the primary punt returner than make it as the third running back as the primary punt returner aka Jaden mickens yeah so. absolutely mickens did he didn't do that well in his limited opportunities he, he had a rough night um and i you know, first preseason game, nobody cares. But when you stand out as well as Terry Godwin did, that that's not good if you're competing with him. Right. Exactly. Is Jaden McKenzie? I don't even know if he's listed as a wide receiver. He's listed as a wide receiber, but he's I don't think he's a wide receiver. Ever... But he 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 didn't play at wide receiver. Yeah, and if you're not playing at wide receiver in the preseason, then you're not going to. The team doesn't see as a wide receiver. Yeah. At all. Yeah, he had two punt returns for 14 yards. Both of them were seven yards. That's, you know, pretty consistent. Yeah. Um, 
<laughs> Ross had two for 38 yards. One was 23. And then Godwin had two for 79 yards and he had the 57 yarder. So the, the part return teams look good. Um, part of that's probably just the bears, you know, probably have, they weren't really trying, it yet. Yeah. yeah, but still just don't let him score. That was probably their, their <laughs> thing. It's still fun to, you know, see good punt returns. Cause it's been one of those things that's been, uh, relatively rare for us. Like I know yeah. we had some good years with Ted Ginn and stuff, but for the most part, it's just kind of like kickoffs and punt returns are just kind of things where the number one objective is to not turn the ball over. Yes. Yeah. I mean, like Demir bird was like the biggest return threat we've had in a while. And, uh, and he, he's gone now and he's a very small guy. So that says a lot. Yeah. yeah. Godwin isn't very fast either. That's what surprised me about how well he, he returned kicks. I mean, he, he's not like, you know, 4.240 speed, but he knows how to accelerate and how to pick the right lane to run. Like he, he knows how to return punts. Yeah. He's shifty too. He's very shifty. He had a couple of real nice cuts, just kind of like out of nowhere where I was, it was just like, Oh, that was a good move. I didn't see that. I didn't see that opportunity at all. I feel like, I mean, punt returning or both returns are more about vision and shiftiness, yeah, more so than they are about, like, breakaway speed. Because, you know, you're not running – I mean, at the, until the end, you're not running away from people. You're running – you're just kind running of – running at them. And even if you have yeah. breakaway speed, they still have an angle where they can get you out of bounds. That's yeah. the reason why Devin Hester was so good for it, like, for many, yeah, many, many years. Yeah, change directions. Yeah. But speaking of special teams, I think we we would be remiss if we did not talk about uh, Joey Sly. What a name! It is an epic name, Sly guy, with those kicks. Sly guy, he looks like a linebacker. Like the dude is legitimately built like like Luke Keekley. and I mean, he made a fifty-five yard field goal with room to spare. With room to spare, like that thing was good from sixty-five seventy. And he made both of his extra points. Graham. <laughs> we know that's not, we know those aren't givens. Um, there's something going on with Graham Gano and Ron Rivera is being coy about it, which makes me worried that there's something legitimately wrong with Graham Gano. And he's saying that it's his non kicking knee. And it's Hasn't the same it? knee that kept him out last year. Yeah. And how do you, how do you have a knee injury for four weeks in the end of one year? And then as soon as training camp starts, you have it again when you're just a kicker. Like I could understand it if, you know, he's a running back, but you know, what has Graham Cano been doing to hurt his knee? Well, they never, did they ever and, say like what it was? I, no, I they never did. Like yeah. Calling or Allegedly calling he, it like soreness. Allegedly, he was thinking about having surgery on it, but I don't think he ever did. He should have. <laughs> yes, it seems that he should have, yes. Hmm. But no, it's whenever there's like a recurring, it's not like a definitively diagnosed injury. Like this was just general soreness that just never goes away. Like that is. That's not good. Very, yeah, it's not That is good. A uh, good way to put it. It's very not good. We'll see. This is probably what's going to happen. You know, 
Sly is going to continue to do what he did against the Bears. He's going to go, you know, whatever, nine for nine, um, you know, 100% on extra points, all that. He's going to make a 60-yard field goal, blah, blah, blah. The Bears are going to call, and they're going to offer us a fourth-round conditional pick for him. We're going to trade him away, and then Graham Gano is going to come out and say, oh, my ACL's torn. Um, <laughs> I got to have surgery, and we're going to be stuck with nothing. I, the thing that that would it's just a Harrison Bucker situation all over again. Yeah, that's that's the most Carolina thing that could possibly happen. The thing about it, and like I was saying with the general soreness, like the the uh, prescribed um medication for general soreness is typically rest, and uh, he's yeah. just rested for like six months, and apparently yeah. that did nothing to make him better. Yeah, something's wrong, and they're not yeah. saying, and that's what bothers me. They're being very sly about it. They're being very sly about it. Very good, Brian. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like the way you did that. Uh, yeah, that you sound like a pro- you sound like an approving teacher. Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so we have a kicker battle battle on our hands. No, we don't. Ron said we don't. Then why is I guess because Graham's hurt. So that's that's always nice. Like, yeah, that guy that we signed here, no chance that he's here past uh, September 1st. Yeah. It's good for morale. For well, that other guy. Well, I mean, if he's not going to stick around, who cares about his morale? I mean, honestly, he could I care. be depressed as hell. And He's a he's human being, care. Brian. I care about his feelings. Oh, you goddamn I mean, millennials and your fucking social justice, I guess. I see. <laughs> I mean, exactly. I know, I know this isn't going to happen, but we honestly should cut Graham Gano and just go with Joey Sly. I mean, it's I mean, not like it, it, kickers are different in the preseason than position players because kicking is the same. You know, there's no vanilla offense, so to speak, with kicking. You just you do the same thing. You just kick it. They turn down the wind when you're kicking in the preseason. Yeah, yeah. It's not like they turn the wind (laughs) off. Um, So, you know, I I think it's something, especially if Gano's knee isn't completely there or right or whatever the situation is, put him on injured reserve if you want to keep him. Um, But there's no reason to just, just get rid of Joey Sly right now. Yeah, I have to see more of him than just the one game to, you know, why be comfortable? <laughs> it was a preseason game. Why do you need to see more? That is true. That is true. Never mind. Forget I said anything. <laughs> um, but no, for real. Like, it's if he keeps playing well, I do think it's worth you know putting. I mean, Gano he practiced at some point, right? So he can't be put on the pup or anything. Yeah, I think he practiced earlier this week. Of course. (laughs) Just go ahead and take that option off the table. Yeah, let's just go ahead and make this as complicated as possible, Graham. (laughs) Yeah. But so, but if he does continue to play well, I do think it's worth noting. I mean, we, Graham's cap hit or his dead cap, if if we cut him, is five point six million. So he costs us two million to uh to cut. But I think since his knee is a thing, you could definitely you could injured put him on IR and then cut him next year. Yeah, that's what I would do. I mean, Sly is going to make what half a million dollars, a million dollars. Yeah, something like that. So, I mean, it's it's not that bad, and it's not like you're going to pay 
you know, like we were going to have to pay Harrison Butker $12 million after we drafted him in the seventh round. Sounds um, like Keekly is protesting cutting Graham Gannell. He is having something going on over there. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's having himself a, a time. He's pinned to the ground right now over a bone. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens <laughs> with the kicker battle, but I'm pretty sure that Graham Gannell will still be the kicker week one. Um, unless he's unless he's hurt, there's no way he's not. I mean, yeah. that's you know that's just the way it goes in Carolina. There's exactly. a 100 percent chance Graham Gano is the kicker week one. Yeah, Un- unless his leg win. falls off between now and, <laughs> and the cut down day, he's going to win the job. And you know what's going to happen is we're going to get rid of Joey Sly. We're going to cut him on roster cut down day, and they're then the Bears are going to sign him, and we're going to get nothing for him. Whereas we could probably get a fourth round pick for him right now if we traded him. How about that? That's a little lofty. Yeah, you're you're hyping it up a little <laughs> bit too much. No, the um who was it the the other day that traded their kicker for a fourth round pick? Um the Vikings, uh, I believe it was, or they traded a fourth round pick for a kicker. Like it it happened the other day. Let me let's see what the Google tells us. Kicker trade. I do remember, re- I do remember reading that. I just Ravens trade kicker Vedvik to Vikings for pick. The backup yeah. for Justin Tucker, aka the, the Ravens trade kicker Kari Vedvik to an und- for an undisclosed draft pick. Twenty twenty fifth round pick. Yeah, I mean, it's, a, it's a conditional pick. It can be a fourth, I think. Okay. See, why can't we make that same trade with Joey Sly? Like, oh, he's a punter too. Oh, why don't teams do that? Like, have one guy to be the kicker and the punter. It seems like teams would do that. Yeah, just just save a roster spot. It says in the caption of the picture on his ESPN article, it says that uh, I don't want to say his name. He made all four of his field goals in the Ravens preseason opener, including a 55 yarder. Sounds like Joey Sly. And he had two punts, but he had two punts over 50 yards. Damn. Joey Sly did not do that. Joey Sly did not do that. Maybe Joey Sly is actually bad. Yeah, I think he's bad. Speaking, that. Speaking of people being bad, um, so there's a certain wide receiver on the Panthers roster right now who uh, is playing against the Bills in uh, preseason joint practices who was not bad. And I'm, I'm trying to think of his name. Um, was it like Jarius Wright? Torrey Smith? No, 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 no. It, it, it was um, it was Tameric Hemingway. Ah, oh, Tamari, but he's a tight end. He's a tight end, yeah. No, so it was Aldrick Robinson. That's right. Oh, okay, Aldrick Robinson. So he's the one who roasted Trey White. Yes, over the top on defense. That's yeah. what I heard. Let me check that and make sure. I yeah, think. yeah. Oh, do wait, that. Do, no. do a double check for me. Yeah. It was Curtis Samuel. What? Curtis yeah. Samuel. Yeah. Taking the top off a of defense and making a catch over a top defensive back for an NFL team? What? Yeah. How's that make the, you feel, John? Makes me feel bad about my knowledge of NFL defensive backs because I had to ask if he was uh, if Tre'Davious White was good or not. If it makes you feel any better, I didn't even know he played for the Bills. <laughs> <laughs> wow, until, you guys both suck. Jesus. Until Christ. yesterday, I I used to know like every player. On every roster back when yeah, I played I just quit, all the time. I quit, I quit caring about all that crap. But, yeah, but now that I like defensive backs and like linemen and stuff for teams that I never watch, 
it's hard for me to keep track of who all the good players are because especially yeah. with defensive backs, it feels like the ones that are really good one year aren't any good the next year. It just, they're so the position so volatile from year to year. Well, the, the bill's secondary is so good that they signed captain Munnerlin out of desperation. <laughs> to be fair, he's playing with the twos still. Um, Trey Boston <laughs> played with our twos until yesterday. So. They, they probably didn't even need him. They just saw a former Panther available, and they're like, oh, we got to yeah. get on that. Yeah, probably so. <laughs> Carolina North. Um, Notch, Radavius White is pretty good, at least based yeah. on last year. Yeah, I found that. I, I researched and learned that fact. So yeah, good for, I did Good too. for Curtis. I just didn't know who he was before because, like we said, my brain can only handle so much information, and <laughs> I choose to not put who the starting cornerbacks for the Buffalo Bills are in that pool of information i just remember teravius white because he was somebody who was mocked to carolina in the first round a couple of times last year see i didn't even know he was drafted <laughs> last year i thought he was in the league for like three or four years no he was a rookie last year and uh but, he's pretty good yeah well good for curtis for for scoring on him <laughs> that one time in practice what did you big, think of the catch big thing is it was not a very good catch <laughs> <laughs> Over the shoulder, caught it. It was over the shoulder, tried. bobbled it, stumbled a little bit. Yeah, uh, that's what that's what a biased observer would say. Yeah. <laughs> I like how even Evan was just like, "Yeah, that's not a very great catch." It's probably a drop in the regular season. It probably would have been a drop in the regular season. <laughs> I just—it's so funny when we we talked about Max Simpson before the show with him being a hype man. It's so funny when like he uh hypes up a play that happened and talks about how good it was. And then you see the clip like an hour later and it's like, what? Wait, that's it. That's, that's not, <laughs> that's not what he described at all. That's not what he described at all. That's, that's just a run of the mill catch. To Curtis Samuel's credit though. He was wide open. I will give him credit and I don't hate him as much as John does, but you know, he did a good job to get open. Like you said, he did cook the corner and I think he could have done better on the catch, but that's just who Curtis Samuel is at this point. He still caught it. He still caught it. A catch is a catch. Until it's not. Well, yeah. I mean, if he dropped it, it would have <laughs> it would have not been a catch, but he did catch it. And it doesn't matter how he caught it. If he caught it, it's a catch. Don't at me. <laughs> this is the NFL we're talking about. That is not true. It is 100% true. If, if, a player it, catches, if a player catches a football, it's a catch, no matter how they catch it. There are times where I've seen players catch the football and not be able to catch. Zach Miller well, comes yeah. to mind when he broke his leg in half. Jericho Cotri. <clears throat> nah, he didn't catch that. I think he hit the ground. Fuck oh you, John. <laughs> what the hell kind of Panthers fan are you? Just like John then Stewart was down on that run against the Jaguars in the rain. No, he was not. <laughs> John, I'm... We're going God. to get you off this podcast. We're Someone has to be the heel. <laughs> I mean, that's fair, but fuck. Like, <laughs> stop being so disagreeable. Those God. are two things that everybody agrees on. Country <laughs> caught it and Stewart was not down. God damn it. <laughs> You're right. That is true. Everybody agrees on it. And I've watched them both many times. And every time I'm like, I, I, I see. I understand it. There's no way you saw Jonathan Stewart being down. Cotchery, I can understand because, yeah, he probably <laughs> didn't catch it. But Jonathan Stewart was not down. 
I have to look at it again, but I, I, because his knees never touch the ground. I mean, it totally matters because we won that game anyway. But still, other I know his knees didn't touch the ground, but like his elbow, it was elbow elbow or his head or something. It was his arm, and it didn't touch the ground. But I haven't, I haven't looked at it in a while. I might, I might need to watch it later and revise my opinion. But I remember from every time I've watched it coming away thinking that, yeah, he's probably down. Now, whether or not they could have overturned it with that that's evidence the thing that that's the thing that gets me is they 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 let it go they should have let it go and then done replay they did there's let it no, go and do replay yeah, that's what i'm saying there's no way they could should have overturned it because they ruled him as not down and then they overturned it and said he was down there was not enough evidence to say he was down that part i think i can agree with like i said i have to look like, at it again. there was the like same- three inches of water above the ground like <laughs> There's no way to know if he was touching the ground or not. And I think that was the same thing with the Kotri catch. And I have to, again, I have to watch that one too. But I'm pretty sure it was like he probably dropped it. But if you ruled it a catch, I don't know how you overturn it. Yeah, but, that, that that play was not getting overturned no matter what. Yeah. Because they ruled it. What did they rule it on the field? They ruled it incomplete on the field. Okay, and then they just – I'm like, pretty sure. Yeah. I don't know. I've forgotten everything about that. Yeah, game. they ruled it incomplete on the field. <laughs> I thought they ruled it incomplete, and then they we challenged it, and they said it was still incomplete. Yeah, I have no issue with that. Fucking and then the very game. next play was when they scored. That's when I. That's when the game went black for me. <laughs> um, so, aside from Curtis Samuel, I know John hates talking about him. Um, just looking at practice, uh, the last, I guess, bit we'll get into here. Um, Bruce Miller. Practice. Or Christian Miller, excuse me. Bruce Miller. Miller. Who's Bruce Miller? What? Christian <laughs> Miller had actually had the first day that I've seen since he came here where he was, you know, doing well, punching like balls out of the receiver's hands and stuff, like getting sacks. Like, But we're talking but- about practice. We are talking not about a game, practice. not a game, not a game, not a game. Yeah. Practice. Practice against another team. I think, uh, I think Panthers, the dot com probably realized they haven't talked about him yet. So they needed to, <laughs> yeah, they needed to make him out like he's the <laughs> yeah. next, like Reggie yeah. White or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Cause he hasn't been talked about at all. And they're just like, ah, come on guys. Uh, we're, we haven't gotten much coverage on this guy. Let's make sure the fans get excited about him too. Sure. I would be surprised if they didn't have directives like that about specific players to, you know, accentuate the good they do more so than others. Oh, they absolutely do. There's no doubt in my mind. I mean, I think that's part of it with Curtis Samuel and not to take, I mean, I am taking everything away from Curtis Samuel at all times, but I think part of it is that I think they want Curtis Samuel seems to be like targeted for hype. Because yeah. he's getting talked about so much more than anybody else that it, it feels manufactured. To me. Yeah, like they're not talking about DJ Moore hardly at all. No, not at all. I mean, that might just be, you know, I mean, Curtis Samuel could just legitimately be a better player. But they, it's legit, just... they legit posted a video of DJ Moore beating Trey White today on a route. So apparently Trey White's not going to good if DJ yeah. Moore and Curtis Samuel are beating him like a drum. Correct. I didn't say beating him like a drum. It was one route. All right. Beat him like a drum on that one route. Yeah, that's true. Made him wish he <laughs> played basketball instead of football. Mm-hmm. 
I have a feeling the Panthers offense is going to come out and uh, struggle in the beginning of the season. We're all going to sit here and be like, what the hell? This is not what the team said. But <laughs> I don't know. They were, they had, they struggled to find a rhythm today. Yeah. Yeah. Which means takes, in, in normal speak, that means they sucked. It always <laughs> takes, it always takes like a couple weeks for the Panthers offense to really find a rhythm though. I felt that like, the Cowboys game was a bit of an anomaly last year. Cause like, even though they didn't score their first couple drives, they were like on point up until the stupid turnovers. But most of the time, Carolina's offense struggles to like really get in a rhythm and be efficient for the first couple weeks. The, the entire team struggles to get in rhythm and play efficiently for the first couple weeks. Most seasons. Stop that. It's true. It's the Ron Rivera uh, trademark. <laughs> they they did they did okay the year before that. What, they beat the Niners pretty bad, or something like that. Well, it was the Forty Niners. No, we played. I mean, even like was it was that the year we played the Forty Niners and the Bills, and we beat the Bills like nine to three. Something like we, that. Yeah. After we scratched, they had a good the defense. <laughs> they did. Correct. Well, see, that's one reason I'm glad we played the Rams in week one, because literally anything can happen in week one, because mm-hmm. most teams are all struggling to figure out what they're trying to do. So that's the perfect time to play arguably the best team in the NFC is the week where it's basically a coin flip because Ron loves coin flips. <laughs> no, it's that's that's 100 percent accurate. Like the best time to play a team better than you or as likely better than you is the first week of the season because that's when all the weird stuff happens yeah like it wouldn't surprise me in the least to see us win that game 45 to 3 like that's how crazy week one is yeah and then everybody gets excited and then we go and then we then start we the season off. for four yeah yeah we end up one and three by the, by week four and everybody's like oh what happened i thought we were good that's just how that's how the nfl works like I'm I was saying, goddamn pessimists, man. I don't like this. <laughs> no, it's not pessimism. It's just saying like this is a possibility. Yeah. Just that. But just acknowledging the fact know. that the NFL is very. Uh, There's a lot of parody there. A lot of parody. A lot of luck. Yeah. Like my, Except for my Andrew real luck, opinion, he's hurt right now. Oh. Yeah. Like. He, he made because, an Andrew. Except luck, for Andrew but... Luck because he's hurt right now. I just saw he's going to miss the entire preseason. Yeah, with his little small bone injury. Poor so guy. Like, it doesn't sound like a penis thing at all. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I, I honestly didn't think that until you said it. You probably could have let that one go. Yeah, I didn't yeah. think we were going <laughs> to talk about Andrew Luck's penis on the podcast tonight, but okay. I'm always aware of that being a possibility. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, I I gotta I gotta explore those unexplored crevices, you know. So. You should stop now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you should stop before we get too deep into this. Okay. Uh, can we get fist deep into it? I got you. All right. I think it's, I think it's time to wrap up the show. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Panthers play the Bills on Friday, week two of preseason. Friday. Friday. Cam Newton might play. Luke Keekley probably no. not. Curtis Cam, Samuel. Cam's not going to play. I would. I would. If I were to bet money on whether he would or wouldn't play, I would agree. 
Um, yeah, I'll be I surprised think, if he plays. But I do think DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel will actually get some time with the offense and let the Kyle Allen, Allen truthers rel, uh, relish in him throwing to the number ones for a little bit. So maybe a little Christian McCaffrey mixed in too. Who knows there? Um, yeah, I think every healthy starter except for Cam and Luke Keekley will play. Yeah. Is I haven't seen – I didn't see today. Is Luke back at practice? Yes, he's back at practice, and I I just think they'll keep him out for precautionary reasons. It just doesn't make sense. I mean, he's already, you know. Fine. He doesn't need the practice. I mean, he already no. knows what every team is going to do. That dude watches film like it's fucking crack, so he'll be fine. <laughs> Shaq yeah. Thompson we might get to see, which I would like to see in the 3-4 defense. Um, I imagine we'll see a little more of Brian Burns probably see a little bit of Bruce Irvin too. So they might be careful with Burns since he hurt his ankle. Yeah, that's true. It depends on how severe his ankle injury is, but either way, we should still see a little bit more of the starters get a little Chris Martinez out there. Yeah. Tight end. (laughs) Maybe Graham Gano kick a field goal or two. Who knows? So if his leg is working. Yeah. If his, if his, both his kicking leg and non-kicking leg are working. Um, but, yeah. Is there anything else we really want to go over before the uh, Friday? No, I'm, scared. I'm scared to talk about too much more. I don't know what you're gonna, where you're going to go with that. Yeah. That's what they all say. Um, well, from all of us here at the, at the uh, Keep Sounding podcast, this is Brian, as always, joined by Brad and John. And hopefully... Barring John not doing his homework before the game, we'll have a live play-by-play going for you on Friday. Don't don't Check you put our... expectations on me. Yeah, we'll I'm have sorry, a live John. play-by-play with commentary unless we don't. Yes. Yes. And uh, check out articles and everything previewing the game, but we will be here next week to talk about the Bills game and the upcoming all so important third preseason game against the New England Patriots where we will have a Patriots guest for you. So this is Brian from the Keep Sounding Podcast and uh, you guys have a great week and we'll talk to you next week. See you. Later. Keeps the football. Takes off to the end zone for the touchdown. He takes the handoff and he scores. Avoided the Dolphins behind the line of scrimmage and took it in for the first touchdown of the night. Newton keeps, lowers his shoulder and takes it in for the touchdown. On second and goal, shuttle pass, McCaffrey, touchdown. And off dive for Jonathan Stewart and he's in for a touchdown. That's intercepted by Keeping. He has more of those than any linebacker in the league over the last five years. You know. a road win in New England.